You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to The Kindest Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Rebecca Richmond. She's a mother, a yoga instructor and a businesswoman. In the show, we spoke about some difficult things to do with family, failure, learning to be mindful and how to become the best version of yourself. We recorded this in a hotel boardroom with a little bit of background noise. However, I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. My name's Tim Bosworth, and this is The Kindest Podcast. Hi. Timothy. Welcome to The Kindest Podcast. (laughs) Very Um, nice to be here. I'm really excited about this one because, for me, the essence of a show is about how I can find patterns in kindness, and we've spoken before about kindness in general and all my other business ideas and you've been a huge advocate of me and what I've done. But for the purposes of our listeners, I will give you a brief introduction if I may. Of Um, course. Now my next guest, from where I stand anyway, and certainly from afar, has been someone I I have admired from afar, is a, a model, having worked for one of the largest online retailers in the world, whose audience amassed millions of daily views. A businesswoman having set up a Yoga Lux in Harrogate, probably one of the most popular yoga studios. She is a mother. She is, um, I'd like to say, a friend now. Uh, Rebecca, welcome to The Kindest Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm um, really happy to be here. Oh, thank you. It's um, You've been a real advocate of, of me and what I've been doing over the last few years. And um, when we, I'm trying to remember when we first met... Um, it was when I had the coffee shop in Harrogate. Um, I think it would, I don't know if you were visiting at the time, because you lived in London at the time, but I think you were visiting at the time. What struck me then, and even now, you, I think to me, you are probably one of the most stylish people I know. Now, what I want to know is, 
Have you always been this stylish or is this something that you've evolved over the years? Mm, that's, that's actually a real compliment to me because I love fashion so much and I just, I love aesthetically clothes and um, all that, all that kind of um, thing. So yeah, that's, that's a real compliment to me. I would say um, I worked in fashion for a long time and I got my, well, n not saying that I know that I've got fashion sense, but the, the, my love for clothes and how things look, um, I probably got from my mum. Okay. Uh, and I remember when I was a, a child, she always used to dress me in trousers and uh, not dresses. I always wanted to wear dresses as a girl, but she always kind of put me in uh, cool outfits, which okay. I didn't realise were cool at the time. But right. now looking back, I think she probably just planted a seed of you know, how things look and different shapes of things and colours. And it's very much, um, well, it feels like a, a natural, a natural passion. So when you wake up in the morning, are you, are you very much case of... <laughs> I'm thinking, can I have, a, ha have an extra half an hour, please? <laughs> like most people who, yeah. are, who are parents, I'm sure. <laughs> but for ordinary people, those people who don't work in fashion... And I'm going to come full circle into um, the fashion industry. I'd like to touch on that as well, if I may. But when you wake up in the morning, are you very much a case of, oh, I'm feeling slouchy or I'm feeling really modern, etc.? Do you have an idea of what you want to look like? Or is it just a case of like, how I feel? Um, I'd say it's about how I feel. So, um, you know, if, um, if I'm feeling tired particularly that day I usually like to put trainers on and baggier clothes uh -huh. um I've recently started to to get more dressed up which is really strange so having come back to look to Harrogate I would dress up more now on an evening to go out for dinner and stuff but whereas when I when I lived in London I was casual constantly right. it was just like a, a constant casual thing right, right. um so it's very much, it, well, it goes on how I, I feel on the day, but I don't, I don't overthink it, really. So do you think... I so don't have the time to. <laughs> and uh, you talked about sort of the London um, fashion piece about being really relaxed. I remember living in London as well. Do you think that's a, a city thing, a particular capital city thing, in yeah. terms of how we dress? I think so. Um, I think it's just, I don't know, it's about lifestyle, I suppose. In, in London, I felt like I was always travelling around. Right. Um, and, well, I was, I, the, the last few years I was there, I was there and I was looking after a newborn baby. So I just did, I, you know, I just threw anything on. But it, it's still, it was still always, clothes uh, were always a, a real passion of mine. And I still love, I love looking at people and, and like what they wear. And I remember, I actually remember when I first met you um, years ago in your coffee, in the, the first coffee shop. And, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, he looks cool. And I, I probably, I noticed what you were wearing on that day. Um, well, not that day specifically, but like, I like, I've always liked your style too. So I'm just always, I'm very aware of, um, I'm very aware of it really, I suppose. And do you use clothes as therapy? Um, yes, probably. I mean, sometimes I, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always, I'm always looking, um, I'm not necessarily always buying them, but uh -huh. you know, I'm always looking at, looking at images, um, 
I'm looking at people, but not in a not in a way where I'm kind of like scoping someone out. But I'm just interested. I'm interested in people and how mm-hmm. they present themselves. And um, yeah, it it might not sound like a, a good thing, but I'm just it, it's about it's the person right. and what they choose and um, like I say, how they present themselves. You know, interest me. And it's really important, I think, because when we look at people. And it, it ties into kindness, I think. But when we look at people, we judge them on first appearances. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if that's right. I'd like to get your thoughts on whether, or, you know, having worked in the industry of fashion, whether you think that's a good thing or not, because you could have somebody who dresses in a particular way, let's say, on assumption, they are poorly dressed, yes. in our opinion, and we make a snap judgment on that person. Having worked in fashion... Is your view on how we judge people different? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, there's positives and negatives to it, I'd say. Um, You know, like anything, things can become, um, not obsessive, but you can, like you say, you can make judgments on people, but that's human nature. Right. The way that we perceive one another, the way that we connect to someone is through an instant judgment. And... um, our judgments aren't always right. Mm-hmm. We can get them wrong. Um, how we appear to be, um, how we perceive others and and how we kind of put ourselves out as a person can be very different to how we're, you know, how we are ultimately as a person right. or how we're feeling. Um, so, you know, everyone has an outward uh, appearance and everyone has an outward persona but it's not always it's not always you know real so do you think people use clothes then going back to my I asked before about as therapists so almost as a mask as to who they really are well perhaps but uh-huh. it's 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 more of an expression right. i think yeah it's how you want to express yourself um and then you know some people just they're not bothered about clothes at all right. which is totally fine they're interested in something else mm-hmm. um but like i say for me fashion has always been a real passion that's been inbuilt into me and um and yeah my career was in fashion and I and I loved it and I kind of moved away from it for a while and I was less interested but then it always kind of sparks back right so what age when you when you I don't know I'm talking about some modeling thing but what age did yes. you get into fashion um well I started modeling when I was 14 locally crikey um and wow. i started doing local shows uh-huh. um i used to go to the clothes show every year with Did my mum to do it oh i was desperate to do it oh right yeah okay. i was really desperate to do it Why? um because i well I, I always wanted to perform which is quite strange because naturally i'm not shy but my i'm, I'm actually quite introverted okay and um, so i'm very happy with being quiet i'm very happy with being by myself, spending time by myself. Um, but outwardly, I always had this desire to perform. So I used to dance. Um, I was I acted for a while. I always wanted to kind of be on the stage. Um, so yes, in answer to your question, I did always want to, I wanted to model. Right, okay, good, 14, crikey, that is a, a yeah. young age. Yeah, I mean, probably earlier I wanted to do it. Looking back, were the people around you and the people that surrounded you, I'm going to use the word sort of kind by such, but I'm assuming your parents were heavily involved in terms of the shows and so on? 
Yeah, my mum used to drive me around. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she used to drive me around constantly. She used to put me on the train to London. She used to come with me. She used to pick me up. I mean, Hang she... on, let me get this right. So at 14, you were getting the train down to London? Yes, well, that's when wow. I started. Yeah, my mum would always come with me. Crikey. Um, yeah, so she was always a, a massive support. Uh-huh. She she took, you know, so many early, early morning starts. She was always there driving me around. So your mum, would you say she's an inspiration to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's been a, a massive support uh-huh. my whole life. She's yeah. supported me, you know, through through thick and thin, as you do your your children. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes, I'm very close to my mum. And that leads me on to that first question uh, I ask, and obviously talk about kindness and, and, your, and your mother being that inspiration to you. And now as a parent, I suppose your eyes... And the way in which you view the world is different as a parent. Um, what does kindness mean to you? So, what does kindness mean to me? I'd say, well, I'd say kindness comes in many different forms. So it doesn't have to be a, a grand gesture to be kind. But things like acknowledging someone, giving them eye contact, smiling, um, holding the door for that person. You don't have to know them. Um, saying good morning to someone I mean it really makes it really makes a difference and, and I think you know also being empathetic of people if you if you don't know them well but also if you do know them well um, everyone is totally different everyone's dealing with totally different things and this can make us feel like we're very s- separate from people but I'd say we're all kind of just trying to do our best we're all feeling sometimes we could do better. We're trying to support our family. We're trying to be a good person. We're trying to work, earn money. Everyone is ultimately, you know, usually working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just to be content and, and to be happy, sure. mostly. Um, but I think all the, the bits in between can get confusing because people are different. People have different uh, reactions. People have different personalities. And it's about, I'd say it's about kind of taking the time to observe and to listen to someone mm-hmm. um, and and just being kind kind in a way that is is thoughtful and treating someone how, I mean, it's, you know, it's a basic thing, treating someone else how you would like to be treated mm-hmm. yeah. and not treating someone in a way that you know would be hurtful yourself or would upset yourself or you know I get it human human nature I get it so where's this come from is this something that's been cemented early on with your parents or is this something you've learned I think I I mean I think I've always been quite an empathetic person so quite sensitive I am really sensitive yeah Uh and I'm I feel like I'm always very aware of sometimes a bit too aware so I can be kind of hypersensitive so if I'm in a big group of people I I feel like sometimes I get overwhelmed by different people's energies Mm -hmm. because I can sometimes sense if someone's not feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. or someone's particularly um, outgoing or someone's shy I'm kind of aware of those things right okay I'm not saying I get them right all the time Mm -hmm. um and then sometimes that's overwhelming for me um so, but I've always, I've always kind of been like that. Okay. Hence why sometimes I can be quite quiet and I like, I like time by myself. Sure. Because I am hypersensitive. I am, you know, um, 
observant. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I, was, it's, I thought then, and it was very much about there seems to be a negative perception about sensitivity. Mm. Oh, you're so sensitive. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's looked upon as a negative. Yeah. When actually, to be sensitive is to have a full understanding of your environment through all of your senses. Yeah. Do you think? Definitely. Um, I mean, it has its, it has its, definitely has its positives, but as I say, it has its negatives because sometimes I can be so over aware and I'm not always getting, I'm not always getting a situation, um, weighing up a situation correctly, but um, yeah, sometimes I just think, oh God, just let everyone else do what they're doing and Mm -hmm. just, just try and focus on yourself. But that's very difficult for me. So what would an example of that be? Um, well, for example, if if I'm with a group of friends and I can... Actually, not necessarily friends, but if I'm with a group of people and I can sense that someone isn't comfortable, I can't kind of... I can't move you, on from it. I'm comfortable with you? No, not uncomfortable with me, just generally uncomfortable. So you can sense... You feel like you sense... I feel like I do, yeah. Angry. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm perceptive in that way. Right, right. Um... Yeah, so it it sometimes can be a, a slight hindrance, but I would say in a, on a positive note, I'm very compassionate and I'm empathetic. So um, I think, you know, if someone... I don't really overstep boundaries, I would say. Mm-hmm. With that, I don't have very good boundaries myself with other people. So I think that is also something to do with... Um, learning to be very kind to yourself and learning to have boundaries, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. So can you explain? <laughs> so are you saying that you have boundaries yourself? Yes. And you find it difficult whilst being around other people to set your own boundaries? Well, I mean, boundaries in a way of um, if you're being, you know, if you're being kind to others and kind to yourself... I think boundaries are very important. So, you know, you, I think as a, as a, as an adult, I think it's important to know when you need your space or you have given someone enough time and you don't feel like you need to give them an over, um, kind of overindulge them with your time because then sometimes people take, take you for granted. Um, and it's very difficult to, to step back when you know in yourself that you've given a bit too much Got it. and for your own, you know, for your own uh, well-being, you need to step back now. Right, well, that's basically what's taught, taking the, you know, taking the you-know-what, you know. Yeah, um, but in a, in a subtle way, it can be yeah, very sure. subtle. Yeah, um, and, and it's interesting, it's, it's that, just my, my own worldview, it's that, that energy aspect that you, you give off energy, you give off a sense of, yeah. I don't know, who you are and what you do. And if you're naturally inquisitive or you naturally want to be around people, what I'm getting from you is that sometimes that you give quite a lot of yourself and then others seemingly take a lot of that. And in doing so, two things seem to happen is the impression I'm getting. One is you feel a bit drained because, hang on, you've, you've given a lot and you're not getting much back. And also, secondly, it feels like the other people are taking you know what they're taking the piss yeah so how do you overcome that then well i think it takes i think it it takes for me it's taken uh, a long time mm-hmm. um i also find it difficult to 
I find it difficult to ask for help. I don't like to feel as though I'm a burden on anyone. Um, so, but that's also, uh, you know, if I can step away from that feeling that I feel, I realise that that's just, it, it doesn't make sense. I've got a, a, a lot of people around me, my family and my friends, who are always willing to help. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't always feel comfortable with that. But that's something that I try and get get over anyway. Right, okay. Um, so why don't you like asking for help? Um, I think, I don't, well, like I say, I don't, I don't like to feel as though I'm any kind of burden to anyone. Do you think you're a burden? No, I don't think I am a burden. But I think it's just something maybe we all, we all have our own, um, I don't know, we all have our own ideas of how we are as people, I suppose. And like I said earlier, they're not always correct. I know I'm not a burden to anyone, but but sometimes I think, oh, if I, if I ask for that bit of help, then that's going to upset that, upset that person or it's, you know, maybe I shouldn't be asking for it. And it's just one of those, I think it's one of those things where you, you have to step back and step out of your initial sense of, I don't know, whether you're doing right or wrong mm-hmm. and realize everyone needs help everyone needs support everyone you know wants to um communicate everyone wants to be seen um yeah it's just it's just uh, one of those things that i'm quite an overthinker so i overthink things quite a lot yeah i've, I've got that in the time yeah. that I've, I've, I've known you <laughs> and um i think also it's is creatives in general. I've mentioned this before. I think a lot of creatives, when they um, have an idea of a thing or, or doing, going through a process, the self-analysis, sorry, the self-analysis part of them can sometimes put them off doing the thing. Yeah. Um, in doing so, um, you know, certainly in the time that I've known you, you're very much a case of, yeah, let's do this. Let's mm. go ahead and do it. Yet what I'm learning seemingly now, there's also that little voice that says, no, you can't do that. You know, that, that self-doubt. Yeah. And where does that little bit of self-doubt come from from you? Um, well, I would say, I think, I think everyone really has a, has a bit of self-doubt. And I feel as though it's not a negative to have self-doubt because it's what pushes you forward. Um, it's like all, all your... Um, you know, I'm always saying to you, Tim, that's brilliant. Like you're doing so well with that. You've got so many different things that you've been doing and you make a success of everything. And every time that I say to you, that's really good. You're always like, mm, well, really, uh, I think I could probably do it better. Well, that's not a negative that you think like that because you're always trying to progress and you're very humble. And I think hum- being humble is is a positive. So self-doubt isn't a bad thing. If you're riddled with self-doubt, then I think that's the point where, you know, you really have to step back and think, why am I, why am I doubting myself so much? If you fail, I mean, I've done, I've done things and I've failed. And at the time I think, oh God, like, I really didn't want to fail at that. But no one wants to fail, but it just makes you, it makes you better. It makes you stronger. Uh-huh. It gives you more um, experience 
just more life experience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm smiling to myself because I, I think that you were right. Because I think we all do. We all have that want to do well. Yeah. In the, we have that human nature that we all want to belong and, and be successful. Um, and then you talked about the idea of the failure piece. You're right. You know, we do fail. I do believe that failure does make us stronger. On our view on life, love, work, etc. And when those things fail, society could say, well, you failed at work or life or love. And it's almost like a marker against you. When actually what we've just said there is actually it's just it's part of life. It is part of life. It yeah. happens. So how do you, and for the, the people listening, how do you get over failure? What's your kind of go-to process or remedy? What do you do to go, come on, Rebecca, let's, let's, let's do this. Does it take you a while? I and mean, what's your kind of process of recovery? I'm actually quite, I've, I've actually got quite good at, um, quite good at accepting failure. And it doesn't take me, it doesn't take me that long to kind of pick myself up. Um, I think, um, where do I want to go with this? So I don't believe any failure is things when we feel like we fail, it can feel like the, the worst thing in the world. However, I do believe that all, all failure and all things that happen, which we don't really want to happen, just allow us to grow as people. And they just add an extra layer onto our, our life, of course, but also they add an extra layer onto how we are as a person. So, you know, if they allow us to empathise more with other people because when we experience failure or we experience heartache or we experience loss, um, it's it's a natural human it's a, a natural human progression and it, it's inevitable as we get older. Um, I mean, I still feel so young, but then, you know, I'm, well, I'm 30, I'm 38. So I'm not really young. I'm not classed as very old, but I feel like I've had in the last 38 years, I've, I've done a lot of things and I've had a lot of experiences. Some of those experiences I didn't want to experience. I'd hoped that I would never experience. Um, but I'm here and things are good. Um, I've also experienced things I never dreamed I would, amazing things. So um, in regards to failure, I don't think there is a such thing as failure. It hurts for a bit to feel disappointed in something you've done or something you haven't succeeded in. But then you can use it to progress and you can use it to build upon. So how... Um what I'm interested in is, because obviously you've got some kind of resolute baseline there, but what, what, what is that? What, I'm, I'm trying to get to the crux of what is that? Is this this understanding that we just have to get on with it? When you get to rock bottom and you're down or you're upset, is it that internal voice that says, go again, go again, go again? Or is it your parents having a conversation, a stern word? Is it that friend who you call? I do think it's important when we're, I mean, this goes for, for most things, you know, 
when you wake up, you're a bit down or you feel like something's not going the way you'd like it to go. Or you're just feeling, you're just not feeling, you know, on top of the world, how you would like to feel. I think it's really important in those moments to acknowledge the way that you feel. And as you acknowledge it, you can then sometimes start to find a bit of clarity around what is actually bothering you. Now, sometimes we just don't know what's bothering us, you know, um, it, it could be many different things. It could be tiredness. It could be, um, I don't know, general general low mood or um, we're, we're a bit bored with our job or, you know, so many factors can can play, be at play to, to how we're feeling on a daily basis. But I think getting through those uncomfortable situations or uncomfortable um feelings is about acknowledging and taking some time to have some space I mean I you know I kind of keep saying I really need space by myself which is difficult when you're a parent and it's difficult when you're a partner or you know you have your friends and your family and you also feel like you need to be there for other people but it's so important to fill your cup up as as such and we all do that in different ways so for me it's being by myself I don't have to be doing something um in particular but I just have to take a, a bit of time to myself to myself for other people um who are actually more extrovert they want to be around people to regain their energy because they feed off other people. So sometimes it's about extrovert, introvert. Um, some, you know, and other times it's just purely about personality or what you need in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I think I answered that question. No, no you did, you did. And, and I think when I asked the question, it's almost wanting to learn myself because... A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, people listening to the show, they may be entrepreneurs themselves, they may be parents, they may be people on their journey. And I believe that on that journey, there will be failures and there will be setbacks. And so... Definitely. You well, want there to be. Yeah. I you think need so. there I to think be. so. You do. It's like a child or a parent not wanting their child to fall. Yeah. But knowing that they will fall. But knowing from them falling, they will hopefully learn not to to fall again yes um but that's probably an analogy for life and that we all fall um it's perhaps how we pick ourselves up yeah um you are a yoga instructor yes when did yoga for first um become part of your life and become so important to you as it seemingly is so um i think what happened with yoga is i i did yoga at drama school years and years ago I didn't really I, I was always I used to love running so I was a long distance runner that's what I like to do um and I was actually I, at that time I loved going to the gym I loved going for long runs and um, I, I liked feeling like I was you know totally knackered by the end of a of a workout as such um and I did start doing some yoga at drama school, didn't really connect to it. Um, and then I stopped doing that f- 
for a while it just, I just didn't end up doing yoga again for a, a few years and then a friend took me to a yoga class and at the time uh, I was modeling and I was working five days a week I, it, it was a really positive stage in my career but I was getting more and more um restless and I just had this feeling of not being fulfilled and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it um because everything was going successfully for me but just had this just a niggling feeling and I went to a yoga class and my, my general brain at that time was always overthinking my mind was very very busy uh, and I did this yoga class for 75 minutes and I came out of the class and I realized that it was the first time in probably two or three years where I hadn't thought about all the things that I think about thought about on a daily basis and it wasn't until after the class that I actually thought oh wow had had quite a lengthy moment of not really thinking about anything just focusing on what I was doing focusing on where I was placing my foot focusing where I was inhaling and exhaling and I kept going back to yoga and I, I didn't really at that time know why I was doing it I didn't um I just I just kept going there was something about it that was kind of drawing me back and the more that I went, the more peace I had from a busy mind, the more centred I felt, the more grounded I felt. And I was actually, it, it, it just gave me more clarity to decipher which thoughts were unproductive and which thoughts were productive. Mm. And, you know, the, which thoughts I could respond to. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And... and was it the teacher that you remember most or was it that feeling within the class that you were getting the most out of when you came, when you came out of the class? Was it, oh, wow, that teacher's fantastic, so inspirational? Or was it more about the feeling after the class, that kind of energised feeling that you got? Kind of when, it, it was kind of both. I remember there was a, a young guy, he, he was the teacher. He must have been only young. And I don't know what it was about him, but there was something about him that I connected with certain things that he would say I would think oh that's how I feel or I understand that um because yoga can be quite you know in well yoga is in depth you're moving you're physically moving you're breathing but also when you're in a class teachers can you know say something about how you may be feeling in that moment and it can really resonate with you and that's what got me. So there was a, yes, this, this young guy, something about him made me think, oh, I want to go back to him. Mm -hmm. And I kept going back to him. Mm. And then I would go to different teachers. And some of the teachers, I thought, wow, that, that was a really good class. But I didn't resonate with them as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just human nature. Some people we meet, we're connected to. Mm. Other people we meet, you know, we don't necessarily remember, we don't necessarily feel like we instantly hit it off. Um, but I suppose, by the way, the people that we do have a slight aversion to is is thought to be that we see something in ourselves. Interesting. We see something in ourselves that 
we see in them and we and it can sometimes make us so it's a projection piece yes okay yeah i i believe that as well so for those people who are listening and I, I know yoga is trendy now i know it shouldn't really be trendy but it's it seems very popular you know to put into context about eight years ago there was probably one yoga person on my phone now there are several yoga people <laughs> yes. on my phone so it's quite popular and quite trendy yeah but for those people who don't really know about yoga or have heard about it or the, these different styles in a very simple i'm telling my gran way what is yoga and what are the benefits of yoga so well so many benefits so what is yoga I do feel as though it's dependent on what teacher you go to, what class you go to. Generally, yoga is uh, focusing on breath. It's focusing on movement. It's turning your attention inward. Um, yoga doesn't have to be physically very, very challenging. Yes, it can be f- very challenging physically. But uh, for me, I absolutely, my favourite class to teach and also my favourite class to be in is more of a a beginner's level because for me that's I get the most from that I get the most from that in my personal practice um but also I see when I'm teaching people I see the biggest changes in perhaps people who haven't done much yoga and and don't have um a lot of preconceptions of yoga um what do you think those preconceptions are I think preconceptions are that you've got to be really bendy. (laughs) I mean, everyone always says, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible. Okay. But you you don't have to be flexible. So you don't have to be flexible to do yoga. You're doing... You don't have to be bendy, everybody. (laughs) You don't have to be bendy. (laughs) Okay. If you can't touch your toes, Uh you bend your knees and then you can touch your toes. Okay. Um, So there's, there's ways around it. And the, the, like I say, the, the way of teaching that gives me most is teaching someone who, okay, isn't particularly very flexible um, or hasn't done yoga before. Uh-huh. They're the most inspiring moments. And um, I feel as though people do get a lot from that as well who haven't, you know, necessarily approached the, the yoga yoga industry before. So um, you like teaching um, people who are new to yoga in general versus people who've been practicing for a while. I mean, listen, I like teaching. I like teaching everyone. I do actually really like teaching everyone. Yeah. Um, I believe that I am um, I'm a, a a teacher who has the ability to teach people who haven't done yoga before. Because I like to teach in quite a, a simple way. That's just my style of teaching. That's that's um, the way that I choose to teach. And that's what resonates with myself. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how I generally teach. So help me, Rebecca, and you'll you smile at this, because I have an incredibly busy mind. I'm always thinking of the next thing, <laughs> yes. the next thing, the next thing. Oh, look at that bright light. So how do I come to a state of, of calm how do I control the voice that says next? What kind of advice would you give me and, and our listeners in terms of just being still for a moment? Being I- still, just just being still. So, you know, you you would probably benefit as everyone benefits 
And listen, I don't do this. I'm giving the advice, but I don't always do this myself. Sometimes I know what I need to do and it's difficult to do it for yourself. But um, going for a walk, becoming aware of the scenery around you, it seems very simple, but this is a, a form of meditation. It's a form of mindfulness. So you're walking, you actually pay attention to yourself walking. You pay attention to the things around you. You pay attention. I reckon my, my kids are screaming. They're wanting, Dad, I can know. we go to the shops? Dad, can we have that extra toy? I know. Ah! So taking a breath. Because we're all so reactive, especially after the past few years um, with the pandemic and everything. You know, we're, we're all in a heightened state. We're all in a... a um, uh, just things are heightened. So taking a moment to take a breath, stepping back, not responding. It's not easy. You know, it's not, it's, it's challenging. It's much quicker and it's much, um, I don't know, it feels like the easier choice to, to, you have a busy morning, you go to the next thing, you, you fit so many things in, but you don't even have to have a, a large amount of time to become present or to uh, become mindful with yoga, you don't have to physically be doing lots of positions. You could take a seat on a chair, sit with a tall spine. I'm actually not just sitting with a tall spine now, everybody. <laughs> so make sure you're, you're sitting with a tall spine. Take a breath in for three seconds. Breathe out for three seconds. Do this a few times. Relax your shoulders. It, you know, relax the muscles in your face. I think it's working. <laughs> I think it's and see how you feel yeah. and then you stand up you carry on with your day uh-huh. the more you can implement that in your life the 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 more benefits we we get from it i think for me i would definitely need some you don't, form. It's, sorry to interrupt yeah, you don't on. have to have your your foot behind your head and all that kind of thing yeah now i was thinking then i think i need knowing the type of person i am a a, a trigger that says okay tim now take a moment a reminder, trigger, etc. Um, to be able to just be aware of my feet, to be aware of my, my posture, yeah. be aware of my breath. Because more often than not, you're probably not, because you're in that moment. Totally. But what you're saying is step outside of the moment to be in the moment and go, okay, right, just, where are we? And it's very hard, isn't it, in it, the modern very, world, right? Yeah, it is very hard. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard. Um, but, you know, your breath is a good indication as to whether you need to take a moment. So when our breath gets very shallow... Uh, we're, we're not always obviously aware of breathing. We probably don't, you know, think about our breath at all throughout the whole day. But if you actually notice whether you're breathing very shallow, your your energy's a bit flighty, you know, that's a good point to stop. Just take a moment. You can stand, you can sit. You can sip your coffee. Yeah. It's yeah. just, a. it's, you know, it's about being mindful. It's, a, it's everything is a... Everything can be a meditation. You can sit, you can eat in a mindful way. You can talk in a mindful way. You can listen mindfully. Now, I'm scribbling down all these notes and I'm smiling. Tim, be mindful. <laughs> Tim, be thoughtful. Tim, breath. But my, my, my other voice is like, ah, oh, I'm so busy. I've got to think about that question. No, be mindful. You don't need any more lists. <laughs> no, no, true. However, I think it is important to... Um, Take that moment. And that's why I wanted to be able to speak to you because you are an individual who people 
look to through your practice and your studio, um, I suppose you in general as well. So it's it's that perception piece as well because they may look at you as well. You're a successful businesswoman. You've, you've been a model. You know you're stylish, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But and you think you touched on it earlier on. Is, but they don't know. To quote my mum's um, phrase, you can never judge a person until you walk today in their shoes. They mm. don't know what's going on behind no. the look, etc. As well. Yeah. Um, you touched on. Um, scenery there um which made me think about one of our special places um abitha um yes it's um seemingly this could be a pattern of the show actually because quite a few of our guests um seem to have an affinity for this particular island um i wanted to briefly touch on abitha and then i'm going to ask one of the second questions i ask our guests um related to kindness um but the Ibiza thing and sort of the senses and being around you and sort of nature, etc. What is it about Ibiza for you that gives you that sort of sense of calm and uh, and uh, being at one? You know, I don't know. I've always I've I've thought about this question many times during my life. For me, I've been to lots of different places, and I and I know I'm fully aware that there's many many beautiful places in this world, but Ibiza is just there's something about it which can which I connect with. I, I went there from a very young age with my parents. Uh, it was somewhere that I always went back to every year, but not to the same place, just all around the island. Then as I got older, I went there by myself. I went there with friends. Um, I experienced it in different ways. I always keep going back, and I really like the people. I really like the scenery. Last time I went to Ibiza, um, I went to about four different places I'd never even been before. And it amazed me that I felt like I knew it quite well, yet I'd experienced all these new things. Uh-huh. And it just keeps giving. And I know that it's not for everyone. Sure, sure. But it is for me. It's it. just, uh-huh. there's just, feels like there's different layers to it. And I like layers. <laughs> no, it's, you know, and I think with the kindness piece and talking about wellness and talking about being at one, et cetera, et cetera, the travel aspect, I think I, I, I'm a believer that travel, A, broadens the mind, but also that being able to travel uh, and not only international travel, just being able to see different environments allows you to, in my own view, own um, worldview, is to appreciate others. So by living through others' eyes and seeing the world that they live in can make you a kinder person. Yes. Now, you talked about Ibiza there, that special place. The question I ask people in terms of the way in which they would look to live their lives if it was to end is as follows. If you were to die tomorrow, what would you do differently to be the kindest in the room? Okay, let me just think about my answer. I, well, on a personal level, I would be a little kinder to myself. So especially uh, when I'm teaching, this is also why I, I do love to teach yoga and I have, I get so much from yoga. I, I do like to, I like to help people and in helping people, it also helps myself and it helps me to see more clearly um, and it helps me to separate from 
things that I get caught caught up on, um, it, it makes everything a bit clear clearer. So, in answer to your question, I would work. I, I would work at. Well, I wouldn't have much time to work at it, but I would like to be uh, kinder to myself because I feel like that is really important. Because when you're kinder to yourself, then you know, you're able to be kinder to others also. And it works in unison. You can't just be kind to other people and not be kind to yourself. Uh, but I think these things all take time to, um, they take time to learn and they come from experience. And through experience, through failure is when you learn. Um but yeah, I feel as though myself and also everyone else needs to just be a bit kinder to themselves and know that everyone's doing their best. Um, everyone struggles. Everyone feels like, like they could do better. Um, I think, I mean, I'm speaking generally, but I feel as though that's the way that it is. And... We've all been, you know, we've all been through such um, an intense period of time these last few years. And we've, we need other people. We need people. So there's no, there's no real benefit in being rude to others, being insensitive to others. Um, yeah, we just, I feel like we all need to be just kind kinder mm. yeah no it's um i'm getting quite emotional as I'm, I'm hearing you say that it's um if the world could be a kinder place it would just solve so many problems do you not think it would it would just make such a difference but no we have to have more we have to do more we have to see more and and sometimes i, I get it you know we live in the a materialistic world, one could argue, where we want things. Yeah, there's an analogy I use called kind of the, the bread and cheese analogy, which is when I go to Ibiza, there you go again, I go to Ibiza, and um, you can just watch a sunset and sit and be in that moment and just have a nice, it's like a bocadillo in, in Spain, it's like a sandwich, or just have that very simplistic life. It's kind of very, it's very much, um, I'm trying to remember now, uh, I don't know if it was Aristotle or Plato about the idea of, of life being very simple. And I think sometimes we have to remember that life is complicated. I, I get it, it is hard at times, but having to be able to take stock and what I'm learning from just listening to you and even just hearing your voice and maybe that's through your work and maybe your breath work or you've learned to do that, just listening to your voice is actually helping me hopefully learn to be a bit calmer. I don't know if that's something you, you practice yourself or it's just your general nature. I can, I can sense that in yourself. Um, I want to know what kind of advice you would give somebody to live a kind life. And you've touched on quite a few things there yeah. that have been writing down, but um, I'd be really interested um, for you to just tell me, obviously, and our listeners, what one piece of advice would you give them to live that, that kinder life? I've got a couple of things you've written down, but I'd be interested to know what you think. Um... I think knowing that 
you know, to live a kind of life, knowing that um, everything is a progression and we're, we're always going to have ups and downs. We're always going to have moments of clarity, moments of true happiness, moments of, of sorrow. And that is all part of, you know, that is part of life. And it's, it's learning to kind of accept that day by day, we have a choice on how we approach things. And some people have a much easier ride. Other people's, uh, other people, sorry, uh, have many, many more challenges. Um, but it's, it's really about, I think, how you approach yourself. And like I said before, how you learn to be kind to yourself, know that you're doing your best, know that things change, know that emotions change. One day can be good, one, one day can be challenging. It's all part of the whole. And yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I just, um, I think just having simplicity, being simple, like you say, the simple life. We get so consumed with what we need and we need more and we need to work harder. We need to achieve more. We need this in our life because everyone else has it. And really we have the simplicity of mother nature. We have the sunsets. We have each new day when we wake up and they're the important things. And I understandably, it's easy to forget about those things in every day to day living but when we really focus on what we do have that we don't lack anything that we don't really need anything more um and then we just you know things things are in abundance love that i love that that really is um yeah that's, that's food for thought i just um i'm taking a moment i'm, I'm I'm, I'm taking it all in and I'm, I'm taking sort of almost a conscious breath to just listen to what you're saying. It's very easy to hear it, but I think it's different to listen to it, I think. And mm. I, I need to make a, an important distinction between the two because you can hear a lot. I, yeah, I, yeah, I get it, I get it. But I think I need to learn to just listen more, perhaps listen to my feelings, perhaps listen to my body, perhaps listen to my wife, my, my children, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think we all do. Um, where can our listeners find out a bit more about you? Where, where can we uh, reach out to you? Obviously, you've got your studio and uh, you're online. Where can people find out a bit more about you? Um, well, you can come uh, onto Instagram, yoga.lux. You can see um, on there I have, well, I have YouTube videos. My website is www.yogaluxstudio.co.uk. Please come to a yoga class Honestly, you don't have to be bendy. You don't have to have had experience. If you do have experience, that's great. Um, if you've wanted to try yoga for a, a while now, but you just, you're not quite sure, come and try it and see how it is. Yeah, just, just try and let's see 
let's see where we where we get with that you've been saying that you're going to come to one of my classes for a while Tim I know I know <laughs> and I know you go to the gym yeah, so it's yeah. time to try the yoga do you know what I think 2022 is my year <laughs> I, think, I think I said that in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 <laughs> um okay I'm going to hold you to that there's quite okay. a few things I'm, I'm, I'm looking to achieve next year and I think starting a practice uh, a yoga practice yeah uh I think should be, not as much could be one, I think should be one. Start small, it doesn't have to be every day. I think yeah. that's what what people people get fixated. We have to do everything uh-huh. to a large degree. Small bits, small changes. Do you know, and that reminds me, sorry to interrupt you there, of, um, no plug here, but um, a book I'm reading at the moment by um, a guy called BJ Fogg, and it's um, a book called Tiny Habits, and it's pretty much what you've just said there. Oh, yeah. It's really just about those daily habits, those small, tiny habits. As you, and and I, I'm, I'm going to leave with the um, you don't have to be bendy bit. That, that, that's um, a great soundbite to leave anybody <laughs> with, and, but I will hold you to that. Uh, Rebecca Richmond, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. You have been the kindest in the room, and I certainly look forward to... Uh, touching my toes in the mm. future um, my pleasure uh, thank you Madan. thank right. you Tim. take care bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.